Hey everybody, welcome to episode 83 of Making It. I'm Bob Claggett, here with David Picciuto. How are you doing? <laughs> there was a big delay there, did you There was forget? a delay because I forgot what my what my new opening was. Uh, <laughs> I had a brain, brain part. <laughs> and Jimmy Duresta. Hi. <laughs> I, can't forget, Hi. I can't forget that. Hello. Hi, how are you doing? I'm having a hard time looking at myself with my clean-shaven face. I think yeah, I'm growing my beard back tomorrow. Just you can do that on demand. Yeah, just like, I just kind of hold my I'm breath really hard, and then my beard pops up. Well, put it in a video. <laughs> yeah, for real. Yeah, uh, superpower. Oh God, I'm so used to seeing yeah, myself you, with a beard. You do look strange. That was the first thing that came to mind when, when you popped up in Skype. I'm like, wow, you, you're shaving. Uh, I'm not. I'm not going to shave again until I lose probably about seven or eight more pounds. You see that? I got these squirrely gadgets. <laughs> For those who can't see, Jimmy's showing us his excess skin that he thinks he has. Ever since I was a kid, I could do this. I could pinch right behind my jawbone and pull out. I got really stretchy skin. Cool. Well, what's what's new other than not having a beard? Me? I'm upstate today. I'm upstate for a couple of days. I am trying to get some work done, uh, working on some videos. I just put out my hammer video, which uh, was fun to do. And I played a little bit with some drone shots, although it really isn't applicable, but they're in there as interstitials. So playing with my drone... Um, again, I borrowed that drone from a friend, so he hasn't needed it back. So I'm just learning the drone so I could teach him. Um, I'm, I got my, my hammer video out as my 700,000 subscriber. Thank you. And, and that, that's doing well. And, uh, working on three or four videos at one time. So ultimately they'll all be done and I'll be able to put out a whole bunch of videos at once. But, um, I've been, I've been stretching a little bit. I've been stretching in between weeks, putting up old videos from the Make channel, ones that have been uh, over three years up everywhere else. And so it's good because I, I get a good reaction and I thank people who are listening for that because I put it up and I expect everyone to start yelling at me for putting up old content. But there's a lot of people on my channel that still have not seen these things. So I'm going to keep doing that slowly as these videos become old, old elsewhere and they'll be new on my channel. So nice. that's fun. And then uh, just I'm upstate, just getting the house ready and, you know, just always, always maintaining the house. And if anybody's ever refinanced, you know, they get to jump through a million hoops to do that as well. So dealing with a lot of that, just getting a refi on my mortgage. It's a lot of fun. But since we talked last, you, uh, your core 77 built in video came out. Oh yeah, and that, it that fit. came out really good. Thank you. <laughs> it really fit. I can't believe it. When I put it in there, I was like, <laughs> I, I, me and Willie got everything up into the apartment, and then like it was, we were kind of like, I was avoiding the obvious, and like put that thing in the corner and see if it fits. And so when I finally put it in, I was like, much, much to my relief, it, it fit nice, and it had a nice half inch reveal up the edge, and yeah, that was fun. I'm going to be doing some more work in that apartment as well, so probably more videos coming. The woman is really, really sweet, and she was happy. So I had to go back and do a couple touch-ups, but nothing complicated. Yep. Cool. So. And then did you, in the video, say that you you caulked it to the wall so I did. there wouldn't be any gaps? Yes? Yep, yep. Because, you know, when you fit, like, um, typically when you put something flat against the long, broad, sheet-rocked wall, the two-by-fours kiss out slightly. So, like, you, if, you, if I did, a, like, a long shot along the back of that one long seat back, the, the sheet-rock wall would scallop in three or four times. Mm. And so I caulked mm -hmm. that all in with just a painter's caulk. And uh, 
I probably should have done that as part of the video, but I just want it to be done. I had so much footage on that video. But the way to do that would be to tape. I did. I taped it all in, caulked it, wiped it. And then I let it dry for a couple of days, and then I went back and I touched up the paint and everything. Awesome. Yeah, it was fun. Well, since last time, I put out the wall-hanging guitar amp, and that was fun. Even uh, even got to jam on it a little bit at the end of the video. And then this week, I am working on more cutting boards. So the next project video will probably be some sort of cutting board video. So I can uh, two birds, one stone type of thing. Oh, nice. by the way, I'd like to just let everybody know that David Picciuto's Banso book was in Rockler, right? Is that when I texted you guys pictures a couple weeks ago? Yeah. Was it, it was a, it was a, that was the Lee Valley catalog, I think. Oh, was it Lee Valley? Yeah, yeah. I forget. And uh, the thing I found out, I found most interesting about it is that like, you were in the middle of like the tool section. You weren't even like in the back where they have all the books. So, <laughs> I was like oh. flipping through and I'm like, oh, wow, check it out. There it is. I know that guy. Like it. Yeah, <laughs> I know that guy. Yeah. Congrats on that. It's it's been fun. It's still uh, it's still selling. It seems pretty it seems to be selling pretty well. There's a little like each chapter has like a little thing saying go to this secret URL and uh, fill out the form and I'll send you the the templates so you can get PDF templates from so you don't have to like photocopy the book. And uh, I, every single day I'm getting people filling in that form and uh, it's so it seems to be doing doing good. Hmm. Should have a That's royalty cool. check come coming pretty soon. Nice. Yeah. Nice when those come. Mm-hmm. Few and few and far between. I like paying <laughs> bills. I mean, I don't, but I do. <laughs> yeah. What's wrong with you? <laughs> you like being able to pay I like, bills. Yes. <laughs> uh, well, for me, um, I worked on. I made a, an outdoor sink. <clears throat> so, several years ago, a friend of mine was redoing his kitchen. And I helped here and there on his kitchen, uh, and it was really an impressive project. Like, he gutted everything and then found out that the joists underneath the floor were messed up, and he ended up pulling up the entire subfloor and cutting the joists and replacing the joists. And so for a long time, his kitchen was just like a hole down to dirt. Anyway, long story short, uh, he did this kitchen, and they pulled out their stainless double sink that was pretty old, and they were going to you know toss it. And I was like, hey, let me grab that just in case I end up doing a sink in the backyard. So it's been sitting on the side of the house for a couple of years, maybe. <laughs> and, uh, last week I finally made a, a stand for it. So there's like a double sink and a little section on the side. So we can put some plates or food or whatever we're doing. And yeah, I'm really happy with how it turned out. It was interesting because it's, um, it's a steel frame painted white. And so there's, Metalworking, woodwork for the surfaces, all the side panels and the bottom and the top, and then some basic plumbing just to get the drain hooked up and the water feed hooked up, and then I ended up sewing some curtains for the front of it to cover the front section, and so I had to figure out how to sew really quickly and badly, but it's done. So. That's awesome. Like the only thing it's missing is like basket weaving or something to <laughs> add to it. I, I'm just anticipating the. Uh, well, why isn't there an Arduino hooked up to it? Comments because those will come, you know. Dishwasher. Yeah, yeah. So it's funny because it just drains. So I have the double sink; they're connected to a single drain line, and then it just drains into a bucket, five-gallon bucket that I have underneath it because there's nowhere for me to drain anything to. 
Um, so I'll be interested to see what the response to that is. Cause I think some people will probably be like, you know, think that was the cheap way out or whatever, given where it is, there's literally no place that I could run a hidden hose to be able to drain that out mm-hmm. to where that, you know, wherever it drained wasn't like a place that my kids were walking through or something or the dogs, you know, so, but it works really well. Nice. Yeah. Let's see. Before we get going, I want to thank our Patreon supporters. Um, everybody that supports us on Patreon, every little bit is awesome. It helps us continue to do this, which is great because we are all busy and it takes a lot of effort for the three of us to get here like, you know, at the same time every week. And even though we want to hang out, we're not doing other <laughs> stuff that pays, <laughs> pays us. <laughs> so um, I can't believe yeah, I so keep showing up. I, I haven't completely forgotten about it. Believe I, me, we're I almost always we can't believe do. you show up every week as well. <laughs> I almost always forget. <laughs> Crazy. Um, especially, though, I want to thank uh, Make, Build, Modify, John Cornwell, and Luis Gonzalez. They're our, our top supporters over there. Thank you, guys. Um, they have been for a long time. So, awesome. Thank you to everybody who helped us out there. Thank you. And if you want to support the show, you can go to patreon.com slash making it. Or you could just like leave us a review and a rating and tweet out the shows and share it with somebody that you know has never heard it before. Also helps very much. Yeah, definitely. Um, so this week we I got an or we got an email um, that I thought was really cool, and it was from Adam, and basically he was talking about wanting to take on a second job, making some stuff, um, and. He has an interest in, you know, woodwork, but he wants to do some metalwork and casting and electronics, just other stuff. And basically the question was, do you think there's value in going to school to learn those things with the availability of YouTube and all the other free resources out there, you know, that teach, I mean, what we do, we inspire and teach people how to do some of this stuff. So the question was really about, like, what's the benefit of, of schooling in that situation? Mm-hmm. And, you know, do we think it's important? Do we think it's valuable? What do you guys think? Any thoughts there? Yeah, I mean, I right away what comes to mind, and, and I've had this conversation with students of mine over the last 20 years. They're thinking about leaving school or they, they, they just they don't think they can learn anything. Or, you know, it's a financial decision, of course, that needs to be negotiated with within your own family. I urge to stay in school, go to school. And the most important resource you have at school is other people, meeting other people and being exposed to other people, people that could inspire you. When you work alone with a computer and YouTube, of course, you're definitely getting somewhere. But when you work with other people that inspire you, say, hey, maybe you could do it this way. Or, hey, you know what? I got a friend. Let me introduce you to my friend. Or we're getting together tonight. Come along. Those little instances are really the most valuable aspect of being in a in a school setting, is is my is my opinion. And when I think back of the the few mentors that that I have and have learned the most from, they're all people that I learned that I learned from and met directly or indirectly from school. You know, friends of friends, friends that were teachers and uh, classmates that are that are ongoing friends and, and mentors and, and inspiration. So I, I think it's really important to be in a pool with a group of people. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, oddly enough, I was thinking about this not too long ago. Uh, I was thinking about in relation to my kids who are very, well, relatively far from college. 
I'm sure it'll be here very quickly, but you know, thinking about when they get to the point where they're going to be asking me about going to college, um, you know, what's my stance on that going to be? And like, what's the, the thing that I want to convince them is valuable there. And so I thought about some of the same stuff you just said, but one of the big things I think in general about going away, leaving your home and going to college, which is not what everybody does, but I think that's what I did. And so my experience is that, um, in that situation, you, you know, you're, you, you're stepping away from a lot of the stuff that you're comfortable with and you get in a place where you have to figure out how to make yourself comfortable again. And yeah, that, that has a lot to do with relationships, you know, like what kind of people do you actually want to be involved with now that right. you're not like forced to be involved with your family? Right. Or, Socializing or, is a, is a huge, yeah. huge aspect of, you know, getting into a career or a, uh, or, or, um, an industry and learning about it and socializing. And, you know, I noticed, uh, it, I had to force myself to socialize when I was in college, there was parties and gallery shows and I never wanted to go to any of them. But when I did, I was always happy that I did. Yeah. Yeah. Cause I mean, forcing yourself to be, uh, in a place that you don't necessarily feel like you should be is, is usually a good thing because, uh, you get exposed to people that you wouldn't have been exposed to otherwise if you stay in your own circles. I mean, I know that any time that I've stepped out, and we talked about this, I guess, a few weeks ago, any time that I've stepped out and put myself in a place where I don't really belong, good has come out of it that I didn't expect. But as far as um, the educational aspect of it, you said uh, exposure, and that was the word that I had written down, because I, yeah. I think for me, going to art school, um, I, I mean, I guess the same applies to non-art school, but I, th- I think in terms of in art school, you have to take your first year or two years are foundation classes. So you have to do, you know, life drawing. You have to learn how to draw the form. You have to do still life drawing or still life. You have to do art history, this kind of foundational stuff that everything else is built on. Once you get closer to your major, you know, if you're going to be a painter, you have to learn how to do color before you can learn how to really paint. And that stuff is a lot of that foundational stuff has played a huge part in what I do now. Because they're things that at the time I didn't really have any interest in or I wouldn't have thought, you know, hey, I should learn how to, you know, work with, I don't know, aluminum, just like tin snips and aluminum. I should learn how to make a sculpture out of that. I wouldn't have thought to do that on my own, but I was forced to do that. And so now I have a different understanding of those materials and, you know, that method. One thing very specifically that uh, stuck out there is color theory. Oh, yeah, for sure. I had to take a lot of that. I hated color theory when I took it. And it was one of those, like, I know what colors are. Why do I need color theory? And then I came out of that class going, oh, <laughs> I get it now. I understand why it's important to understand how things are relative. And, you know, uh, it gives you a, a perspective on, well, if if this is the palette that I'm looking for, I can look at a color wheel and, and figure out the colors that work there just because it's it's a lot like music theory in that, uh, there's these relative patterns that are all in place. And by changing one note, you get a different set of relative patterns. Same thing with color. And learning um, classical scale, you know, scale and as yeah. far scale and composition. I, you know, I get complimented on a lot of that stuff and, and it's directly from having long conversations in art history and, you know, working with my drawing teacher on a lot of this stuff. So, yeah. But a lot of that stuff, I think the big thing about school in relation to those things is that you just wouldn't have put yourself there to learn that otherwise, unless you absolutely had to. I wouldn't have gone looking for color theory information. Never. 
But now I know it. And so when my wife at the paint store says, I like this color and it'll be in a room next to that color, I can go, no, <laughs> that shouldn't happen. <laughs> but what do you think, David? I was going to go the pro school route when we started this conversation, but and I think I'm gonna I'm gonna switch just to have the the counterpoint. And although I agree 100% with everything you guys said, it's like the networking, the friends that you make, the connections, and everything that all helps you down the road. Taking those those classes that you you would not have taken, um, and and how it can affect your life is is fantastic. But that being said, I think. We can't tell somebody whether or not they should go to school or not go to school. It really depends on your personality. Like for me, at that time in my life, I'm glad I went to school. I wouldn't be where I'm at if I didn't. Um, But it was also a major source of stress because at that time in my life, I was very uh, socially awkward and shy. And so going to school every day was just like this really hard thing for me to do. Um, but it actually helped me get over some some of those socially awkward uh, things that that I had going on. So it really depends on your personality. Another thing that I noticed while in school is a particular class only moves as fast as the slowest person. And that always drove me absolutely bonkers. Uh, just because maybe maybe it's not one person, but there might be a couple of people who are a little bit behind and it slows down the whole class. And that... I always felt like I could have got so much more out of it if the pace would have kept kept going. And then another thing is, we at least here in the United States, we have this financial issue with going to school. Like if you go to school and get a bachelor's degree, you are in debt for the next probably 30 years of your life, if not more. And so it's yeah. once again, it all comes back to like what fits you. We live in in a time where we can learn just about anything that we want online. Uh, another alternative is maybe not going to school, but finding somebody to learn direct one-on-one with. I found uh, a woodworker, a master woodworker here um, in the area a few years ago, and I just took a six-week course with him. It was just me and him. And there was nobody else in the class to slow it down. I He was there to answer the questions. He was there to teach me safety and it was just hands-on so you know maybe you can find somebody to just learn one-on-one with find a mentor you know even with even with uh, uh facebook you you can you can still make those connections facebook search is so underutilized so you in the search you can say show me people in toledo with the interest of woodworking and it's going to spit out all the people in the area with a public profile that like woodworking and you have the opportunity to reach out and say, hey, do you guys want to start a meetup? Woodworking's not huge in Toledo. Um, would you like to meet up and have coffee sometime and maybe, uh, you know, share ideas, become friends? Yeah. Swap sawdust. Swap yeah, sawdust. I mean, I think um, I think a lot of, yeah, I, mean, I agree with you to a point. I, it's, college is definitely not for everybody, and I wouldn't. He's asking this question. That's why I think we're responding to him. I am at least. Mm-hmm. But I think a lot of it comes down to like, what is it you're trying to learn? Uh, when I was thinking of it, in, you know, in relation to my kids, my kids have four kids with very different personalities. Some of them, I think most of them will enjoy college. I think one of them might not. But 
that has a lot to do with personalities and what they're trying to learn. And I think if you're going, you know, from high school directly into college, the social stuff is a big thing that you're trying to learn, whether you know it or not. Um, the exposure, you know, to the basic kind of fundamental stuff is, is something you need to learn, even if you don't continue down that path of study, you know? Um, but if you're not coming out of high school looking to learn those things, like say one of us decided, and I don't know, maybe Adam who's asking this question, maybe he's in our place in life and asking about going back to school. He's got probably all the friends he needs, you know, he's got the relationships, he's got all that stuff. So that may not be what he's trying to learn. Um, and so it's possible that, you know, college is not the correct fit for if he's trying to learn a trade, maybe a trade school that's a lot more focused on a specific set of skills, you know, maybe that's the way to go. But I think a big part of it is just deciding uh, what is it you're trying to learn specifically and then what's the, the best way for you to get that information, not take on a loan for four years of college just to, you know, learn how to design furniture because maybe that's not what you need. I get a lot of emails. I don't know if you guys get these, but a lot of emails from high school students asking, they say like, um, you know, I want to do what you do. Or I want to make things like you do. What what kind of college should I go to? Or what kind of classes should I take? <laughs> I have no idea how to answer that question because I didn't do any of that in college. We made I this up. I know. Yeah, it's like I'm figuring out every single day. I have no <laughs> clue what to tell you. But I also think the the and my response to them is it's really not up for me to be able to tell you that. I mean, I couldn't tell you that because I don't know what you're trying to learn exactly. You know. You say you want to do what I'm doing. Does that mean you want to make videos? Because that's not the same thing as making furniture or making, you know, uh, those are two separate skills that I've just worked together. Um, but I think each individual has to figure out, you know, what they're trying to get out of it and then chase that thing. So, okay. So here's my question for all of us then. If somebody wanted to do what we do and we all do sort of the same thing although slightly different what skills would they need bob you go first Ooh. um i mean i've said this before i think the biggest thing that you can learn the most useful thing that you can learn which is what college is often to people is learning how to learn and <laughs> that was what college was to me was learning how to uh seek out the resources i need to solve a problem and so it wasn't that I really needed to know how to do life drawing. I wasn't planning on drawing naked people for the rest of my life, but I had to do that. And part of that is, well, okay, I've got to learn enough anatomy to be able to draw this particular muscle correctly. Okay, how do I learn anatomy? Well, I, I go look at this type of book. You know, So I'm learning how to learn what I need to know to solve a particular problem. And so I think if somebody is trying to do what we do, uh, working backwards from the problems that you're trying to solve and and just being okay with putting in the work at the beginning to learn the stuff you need to know to do the thing you want to do. Um, I should turn that into a t-shirt. One time uh, <laughs> Einstein said, somebody asked Einstein like in a lecture, I, this may be an urban legend, I don't know, but like what the atomic weight of some element was and he was like, I don't know. And they were like, what? You're Einstein. Why don't you know? And he pulled out a periodic table and he was like, it's right there. Why do I need to know that? Right. And that always stuck with me because it's like, if you know how to find the information that you need, you don't have to know how to do everything. Right. And I think that's pretty big. Saves room for storage. 
storing important things. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Uh, well, I, I've been uh, having this conversation actually, uh, interestingly enough, with with Wanse, my my summer intern, who came to me through YouTube. He he offered to come and work for me from Korea. He came and spent four weeks with me. He just went back home, but he now wants to do what I do. He's never in his life made anything. He's actually an opera singer. He went to college for singing, but now he wants to learn and do what I do for a living. And I said to him, if you want to do what I do, which is make stuff, all kinds of stuff, he's he's never had the passion for it till now. And I said, it's not going to be easy for you. He's 25 years old. I said, you, you've never made, you, you didn't spend a lifetime making things. I said, what you need to do now is instead of waiting to stand in someone's shop and watch what they do, you need to just say, okay, I need a napkin holder. I'm going to make a napkin holder, make a napkin holder with whatever it is, resources you have available to you. If you don't, if you got to make it out of paper with glue, make it. But I said, you need to make something every day, even if it's just a paper plane folded up. You got to do so. You got to learn the dexterity of using your hands and your eyes to coordinate and express the thoughts that you have in your head. Everybody, we immediately make that SketchUp drawing in our head when we want to make something. It's not quite clear. We don't know how to translate it when we make what we make and compare it to the original thought it never looks the same. But you have to learn how to make something every day. I said every single day make something. If it's a box of ice cream sticks and glue, like I said a couple of days ago, or or if, if it's building a model out of a kit, if it's building a, a balsa wood airplane, I said, you're starting from zero. You have to learn how to make something every day. You have to challenge yourself every day to start to develop your skills. And that's my advice to anybody that wants to do what we do. And when I look back and I really think to myself, have I spent the last 40 years every single day making something? When And... and I agree that making a coffee or making a sandwich is making something. So when I look back and say to myself, I can honestly think that I probably made something every single day for the last 30 years. I mean, I grew up making things, so it wasn't out of the ordinary for me to make things when I was a young teenager. So the point I'm making is, is that you just need to submerge yourself in it. You can't just wait to go to someone's shop to watch how they do something and then you try it. You got to just jump in and grab something and make it. And if you say, oh, I don't have a shop, then go to Home Depot and make something in the parking lot, buy a chisel and buy a hammer. Mm. You know, you, you, nice. you know, there's no, there's no reason to wait. It's not going to magically come to you. It's just, it's like you have to climb that mountain. The only way to get to it is to stop putting one foot in front of the other. Yeah. And you just made a point. So you hit your quota for today. So you're done. Okay. <laughs> uh, I'll see you guys. Thank you. <laughs> I mean, you said you were making something every day, and so you made a point. You're, That's it. You're good. Oh, good. Oh, oh, okay. I thought I was going to turn my mic off. <laughs> Take a nap. <laughs> no, no, no. Yeah, see you, Mike Jimmy. <laughs> David, what about you? What's your answer for that? So uh, I'm right now, I'm finding out that what you need to learn is make efficient use of your time. And what... That might mean different things to different people, but what that means for me is uh, my video editing software, I'm using Final Cut Pro, is that I learn how to use it the fastest way that I can because I shouldn't be spending eight hours one day editing a video. I should be spending a couple hours. Um, and then that translates to you know other, other software, email, how to efficiently handle email. And... I don't. I I probably don't get nearly the emails you guys get, but 
I many times just feel overwhelmed with it. I'm like, because I keep putting it off, and then I then I batch it all out at one time. And then the more I, I let it I let it pile up, the more it stresses me out. So, and then the, I think the other thing is I don't know if it's if it's something that can be taught or if it's just something that you have to open yourself up to is the mindset of just being open to um, putting in the work, uh, having the mindset to uh, be open to find creativity and things you wouldn't find creative, just like allowing creativity to hit you, uh, being just wanting you have to like you have to really really want to succeed if you want to succeed like i mean you have to feel it in your gut and i don't know if that can be taught maybe it can um maybe i learned it from reading all the books that i've i've read but it's it's mindset and efficient use of time can that be taught in school i don't know well uh efficient use of time definitely can it's not which is unfortunate but it definitely can um i think the the mindset stuff you know, is maybe less about, um, I mean, I think having a good work ethic feeds into a lot of good thing, a lot of things at a kind of low level. And so that's part of that. But, um, I think a lot of it is people settle on what they think they should do or what they think will probably be a good job or a good career or a good next step. Like they think, well, what I'm doing now is not really that fun. So this, you know, pharmacy school. Yeah. I mean, that's, that sounds cool. You know, I'm kind of interested in chemistry. That that might be all right. And then they go down that path and then they get down that path and they're like, oh, this is so much work that I don't want to do. It's not so much work that I do want to do. It's, you know, it's work that I, I'm just trudging through for an end that I don't really want that much. But I think if we can figure out how to teach our the younger people who are coming up and, and not to that level yet, um, teach them that like <clears throat> if you can find a thing that you just love doing, um, work towards that. And that doesn't mean that that's going to be your career, but you can justify all sorts of other hard work <laughs> to get to the thing that you actually want to get to. You know, um, so like in this case. I love being able to make things and being able to make videos about it. And so I'm willing to put in that work. It doesn't feel like work to me. It's stuff I have to do to get to an end that I want to get to. But it's not like I'm every day going, oh, I got to go to the shop again and cut some wood and make a thing. Whereas my old job, making software for somebody else to do a job that I don't really understand, you know, that somebody <laughs> else's job, that was like, oh, I have to write code that just checks a box that does, you know, something that I don't really, it's not fulfilling at all. Um, I guess the, the kind of opposite perspective there is that I was doing that job, which I, which I wasn't really into, to pay for my free time where I could do this, you know. Um, so there was a transition there. But anyway, I, I think um, helping people find the thing that they, or learn how to look for the thing that they actually care about. I think is not mm. really enforced, you know? Mm-hmm. And then it's it's just like I said earlier, you find that thing and then you work back from it. How do I get there? Like, what are the things that I have to do that are not going to be fun, a lot of work, but will allow me to do the thing I care about? Yeah. It's, it's not it's not easy if you discover this late in life. It's just not easy because, like, you know, you guys were able to make the transitions because you had good jobs and you were able to kind of overlap. Um Growing up, I, I never understood when I was with other people 
they need to know what they wanted out of life. You know, should I do this? Should I be a chiropractor or should I go sell suits? You know, there's a friend of mine who had many career paths. He's doing very well now uh, as a doctor. He became a, he became a chiropractor. I mean, I know that's a questionable calling him a doctor, but he's, he's a chiropractor. Let's put it to you that way. And, uh, but, um, growing up, he, he had like seven or different, like, potential okay this is what i'm going to do for my life and he and he had a hard time finding himself but i was always lucky enough to know that i could just build something go work on a crew as a carpenter building houses or i can go and always get a job with my dad you know when i was very young in high school or you know i always worked at, i worked at a florist and i was the guy that made stuff so when we had weddings and stuff i would make the wedding trellises and all these things so it was easy for me to know that i could always just trade my physical work for, for a pay, regardless of what it was. But as I got older, I started to develop a passion for doing it and teaching at the same time. And so I, I was lucky enough to kind of be in the arena. So um, it was a slow, very slow, steady build for me. But um, it's tough. It's not easy. And uh, getting back to Wanse, my, my summer intern, he wrote me an email last night and said, you know, how can I learn how to be an electrician and a carpenter? And I said, considering your, you know, your age and the best thing for you to do is go to school. And I sent them some schools in America where, you know, I sent them to the Bennett Street School. I sent them a couple of websites of schools. I was like, if you just go and do the courses here, that would be a good launching pad for you to then become an intern or, or, or an apprentice with somebody else after that. But so it's in his case, I think a good circumstance would be to go to school because it's all packaged right there. And, and, you know, again, it's not everybody's case. He's also trying to integrate into the American culture. He wants to come to America. So it's hard for him coming from a completely new country. And then if he went to school, he would have all those contacts. I'm sure he would make some, some long-term friendships as well. You know, speaking of that, one of the interesting things about, um, I mean, I don't know. Like I said, my only experience is art school. But the school that I went to here in Savannah is an international hub for artists. And so the people that come to the school, I'm sure SVA is probably the same way. People come from literally the entire world to go to the school. And so while I was in school, I got to be exposed to not only a bunch of different types of art and technique, but people and religions and cultures and attitudes and haircuts and all, you know, stuff that I, that I just had never, ever seen. And the cool thing about that exposure was that I got to be friends with so many different types of people that then after school, they redistribute either to where they came from or they go get a job in a big city or they go start their own company or something. So I literally know people all over the world um, and that's all from going to a school. It's a really in good a place point. where I had you know, the same experience. Yeah, really good. Yeah, and so it's it's awesome. Like we were in uh, David when we were in in San Francisco. I was like, oh yeah, my friend works at Pixar, and I remember you saying like, how do you know people that work at all these places? It's because <laughs> I went to that art school, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But, so I think that's huge, you know, and maybe that's not the thing that everybody needs, but that is a huge draw. Uh, for and and. You know, not every college is going to do that for you either. But yep. Uh, you guys got any other thoughts on school? Is there anything that you wish you would have taken? Uh I wish I had taken advantage of not not specifically, but I wish I had taken advantage of the opportunity that was there more. Um, I focused a lot on the computer art stuff, mm-hmm. but looking back, there were furniture classes that I just 
didn't even like go near. There were uh, textile classes, which man, that would have been cool, you know, to learn how to sew in college mm-hmm. from like a professional. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, so there's a bunch of that, just other skill foundation classes that I could have taken advantage of, but instead I was like, well, I'll just take another Photoshop class. You know, yeah. totally need that. Another another way to if you're you know people are on the fence, take night classes. That's what I did at first because I I didn't I was very uh, I, I very much did not pay attention to the way things were supposed to go. And when I decided I want to go to art school, I didn't know anything about it. I just I went there and I knocked on the door and the office said, "Oh, here's a night here's a catalog." And I was like, "Oh, okay, I guess I'll go to night school." And it wasn't until I was in night school going to a couple classes that. I learned I can actually become a daytime student. I was like, oh, how did that, how does that happen? They're like, oh, go talk to these people. So I didn't really know what I wanted in the beginning. All I know that I should be in a school environment, at least to, to start getting some, some regularity with what I needed to start to learn. And so I went to night school at first. And then uh, that led to a full-time student, uh, full-time enrollment as a full-time student. And then uh, even, and then getting another time I took evening classes was with my dad. My dad wanted to learn photography and he was a little nervous to go on his own. And he said, if I take these night classes, will you come with me? Will you be a student with me? I said, sure. So it was a great, it was a great learning experience. He and I went to photography class together at a community college for uh, learning how to use the camera and doing film developing and stuff. That was a lot of fun. So that's another thing. Just go to like a local community college that offers night classes and whatever it is. Yeah. Like the photography thing, I had to take a photography class as well. And that's one of those things where there's a lot of physical resource there that you probably would not be able to afford on mm-hmm. your own. You know, I mean, just like having a photo lab and all the enlargers and all that stuff, you're not going to go buy that stuff to try it out. Yeah. Um, but you also said regularity, which is another big thing that some people really need and some people don't. But some people need the schedule of having a class that's a dedicated time that you sit down and learn. Some people can are self-starting enough or, you know, undistracted enough that they can do it on their own. But it, it, that's just another thing to consider, like what works best for you and for, uh, you know, the attention span that you have or the amount of focus that you have given your life. A lot of times our lives are just so busy that it won't work for us to learn unless we are forced to be in a place where we're undistracted. Yeah. So I, I, I did find that um, it does help if you want to go to school because I barely graduated high school i think we talked about this in the past and i mean i barely graduated and then i didn't go to college until maybe five or six years later after i realized hey i don't want to work at kmart the rest of my life and so when i went to college because i wanted to it was it was for the most part fun and i got really good grades because i wanted to be there yeah, I was the same way. I got out of high school. I didn't know what I wanted. I worked at a sign shop and I've talked about this. And then when I got into a fight with my boss, I walked out and quit. And I was like, what am I going to do now? And that's what forced me to go to college. If I didn't have that fight with my boss and quit on him, like in an angry uh, tone, we actually had like kind of like a little like uh, argumentative match. And I just said, all right, I quit. And I walked out and then I went home. I was like, what am I going to do now? I was like, all right, let me try and join the school. I took a train, went to the school of visual arts and I signed up for night classes because it seemed to be the easiest in, like I just said. So I was in the same boat. I didn't know what the hell I wanted to do. You know, I, I knew I could make things, but I didn't I didn't know that it was a career path. I, I just knew that I could make money. I, like, I wasn't thinking long term. All I needed was beer money. You know, that's all I was thinking. Isn't, you know, I was a stupid kid. We're all stupid kids. <laughs> um, cool. Well, I hope that 
helps with Adam's question. In probably just gives Adam more questions. That's true. Sorry, Adam. (laughs) (laughs) Let us know what you decide, Adam. Yes. Um, That would be cool. And best of luck if you do go to school or don't go to school. Best of luck. Um, what have you guys been watching? Anything cool? Yeah, so there's a somewhat new YouTube channel called Fix This, Build That. It's really, really well done. Uh, woodworking, DIY stuff. Uh, this guy, he... Um, you, If you follow a bunch of people on Twitter, you probably follow him. He's got a, he's got a huge Twitter follow... Or not Twitter, um, Instagram. Instagram. And, and Pinterest. <laughs> Let's just uh, name all the social yes, networks. Yes, yes, yes. No, he's awesome on Instagram. And he, he posts regularly. He posts the most beautiful photos. Uh, and they, it, they're just really good. And he's done really well on Instagram as well as Pinterest. And, uh, and now he's getting his feet wet in YouTube. And they're really well done. It, it just translates well. And uh, I don't know what he has now. Maybe four or 5,000 subscribers. But I got a feeling this is going to be one of those channels that blows up big time. Yeah, he's a nice guy too. Brad is his name. Yeah, he's he's cool. Um, right on. I want to. I just want to push. I may have pushed him before, but my buddy Scott is getting me out of a very big jam. We bought something on eBay in Texas, and the person who was going to pack it and ship it for us quit. So now we bought this. We bought an Aga stove, and it's sitting in in San Marcos, Texas. And my buddy Scott is going to go there and fix it up. So I just want to say thank you to Scott, and then go check out his YouTube channel, Uncle Mullet, and tell him Manny the sock puppet sent you. <laughs> I'm so confused. In the comments, <laughs> yeah, I'm super confused. No, Manny the sock puppet is a, is a little character that he and I used to used to joke about. So um, if you go if you go to, to join Uncle Mold's YouTube channel, just say that phrase, and I think he'll get a big laugh out of it. Um, and then I also want to say one other thing that uh, I've talked for years about doing classes up at my house. Taylor and I are, are ready to pull the trigger on our first class, and there's only going to be eight slots. And mm. uh, I haven't set a date yet, and I, I know that the time frame will be somewhere in October. And what it's going to be is a tin type photography class. And two of my friends that I met when I was in Colorado are going to come to New York. We're going to spend a weekend at the house, and we're going to do tin type photography. And there's going to be about eight slots. So if anybody's interested in that, email me, and I could. Uh, we haven't nailed the price yet either. If you know for the for the weekend, it's uh, we kind of have a general range. So if anybody's lukewarm on that and you're curious about it, email me. And uh, that's so cool. It'll be uh, a tin type photography class with me and Taylor and uh, and my my two guys. Um, uh, I don't have the information here in front of me what their website is, but um, I'll, I'll give it to to you guys afterwards. You could put it in the posting. Uh, yeah. So anyway, so those guys will be teaching tin type photography, and we'll be using old cameras, and we're going to do a little bit of a workshop on modifying cameras to to do this photography process. So, so if you nice. that's awesome. Me. Thank you. Yeah. So we'll see where that goes. It's going to be the very first first. There's no garage or anything. We're going to do it in the house and in in my little my little workshop. So we don't have the building or any of that stuff yet. So we'll make I want to email you now. <laughs> you guys want to come? Do, It'd be great. You, do, 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 do podcast hosts get a discounted price? I think so. <laughs> you, nice. you, you guys could be the behind-the-scenes guests. Sweet. For sure. Um, so I have a podcast that I want to recommend. Um, I, was, I did this interview for a podcast a while back, and the episode just came out. But I had a lot of fun talking to these guys. podcast is called Real Surfers, R-E-E-L, Surfers. And they talk about movies and TV and a lot of nerd type stuff that I totally identify with. And um, 
so yeah, they had me on and we just talked about uh, YouTube and movies that have made an impact on me and stuff. It was a lot of fun. I had a really good time. And I've started listening to their show since I you know, found out about it and I enjoy it. It's a time for me to get away from like the making end of things and just, you know, be in my nerd state. <laughs> so Jimmy totally distracted me. He's drinking coffee right out of the carafe. <laughs> Taylor just snuck in and gave me because she knows I wanted coffee. So she said, here, 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 take it all. Take it all. So she brought me the whole carafe. But I am drinking out of a cup. I'm just kidding around. It's too hot. Cool. Well, I uh, guess that's it for this week, unless you guys got anything else. Oh, uh, you know, I got, I talked to you guys the last couple of days. I bought the DJI Osmo. It's right here mm-hmm. in front of me. I got yeah. it. So I bought that. And, and the other day I went to the camera shop. I bought a new tripod. I, I spent some money on some new stuff. I bought this and I bought uh, the Polaroid cube just to experiment with it. It's kind of a cute little camera. And I got home and what is my luck that the DJI and the Polaroid cube both are broken. They both don't work. Hmm. It's a $150 camera and a $600 camera. Neither one of them work. And I went right online with the DJI and the problem, like the camera would like, you turn it on, it would wake up. It would be like, oh, hey, what's going on? And it would like spin around, flip and bang into itself and then not do anything. And I quickly Googled it. And right away, there was hundreds of people who had that same problem. And, you know, they're trying to get tech support. I was like, well, I'm not getting tech support. I'm just bringing it back. So I brought it back right to B&H Photography. And they said, you could you could get a full refund or you can just replace it. We'll just give you a new, new product. And so I bought two new products. I said, what is the likelihood that four cameras aren't going to work on me today? So I got them both back. I replaced them within a few hours of actually making the initial purchase and they, and they both work. So I have the, the DJI Osmo, which is the little handheld uh, camera and it's, I'm playing around with it. It's fun. It's yeah. Fun. It's, so, it's a cool camera. Yeah, it is. The audio, just for anybody listening, the audio is pretty awful on it, the onboard. And so getting a, an upgraded mic of some sort is really useful. And I also found that there is a, in the menu settings in the app that runs this camera, there is an audio menu that you have to scroll down to and you can actually change the gain. And so the audio is just really quiet. So you need to bump that gain up to get a a usable Mm -hmm. audio signal. It seems like the microphone is picking up. It has a little micro fan in it. It sounds like the whole time the audio is just picking up all the noises the camera makes. There's a setting you can click that will turn the fan off when you hit the record button. Mm. That only works for so long. And then uh, (laughs) once the camera gets too hot, the fan will kick on even while recording. But we've been using that camera for all my videos lately, and I have a wireless lab that I use, so it's not even close to the camera and doesn't pick up that fan. Yeah, Mm. this thing came with it. This little looks like a little pom-pom. Came with it, plugged in. (laughs) (laughs) I haven't tried it yet. No, but it's exciting, and and I bought a because of you guys so thank you for the inspiration i bought it because of david so blame him yeah no i got <laughs> it when you first talked about it david i was like oh i want one of those because i also started playing with the drone at the same time and it's all the same type of technology yeah it's a really amazing gimbal on both of those things yeah yeah so that's it cool cool all right well thanks for listening everybody and uh see you next week later on Oh, I forgot what I was supposed to say. What are you supposed to say? I love you.